Hi guys, welcome to Library Overload. I'm Tavia. And I'm Susie. And we're very glad that you are back joining us today. Don't forget, if you hear a book that you like and you want to check us out, go check out our website. It's libraryoverload.home.blog and follow us on Instagram. We have all kinds of awesome pictures and um, different shenanigans that we get up to on there <laughs> and we keep it pretty updated. Uh, so that's just Library Overload on Instagram. <laughs> everything that we've been reading lately or not been reading lately <laughs> some <laughs> the case may be I'm super excited to talk about uh, one of mine because one of mine is kind of a throwback to what we talked about in episode 11 where we gave each other books to read Ooh. so I'm excited to talk I'm about that I'm very excited I um my life got swept away from me mm. by a series so uh -oh. I haven't um caught up with anything that you've suggested I read but Rude. I have I know but I have downloaded the gown Mm -hmm. um so it's it's on my to-do list but like I just took books back to the library that I haven't read Aww. because I've been so obsessed with this other series <laughs> so we'll, we'll get to that in a little while I'm super excited to hear about <laughs> that though so my first one I'm going to talk about is Ship It by Britta London this is a YA and I literally picked it up because the cover was super cute I had never heard of it before so basically it's about uh, this girl named Claire. She's a 16-year-old girl, super obsessed with this TV show called Demon Heart. It kind of remind me, uh, reminded me of like the fandom that's over Supernatural. Mm -hmm. Claire is a fangirl, loves it. She writes fan fiction for it, all that. Forrest is uh, one of the lead actors on the show. This is his first big break, but he's it's kind of like, it, it really reminds me of Supernatural because it's on this channel that sounds like the CW, mm -hmm. so it's not like these big time actors mm -hmm. he wants more but it's this big break so he's trying not to like not be grateful mm -hmm. for it or whatever so claire finds out that demon heart is about to be touring and doing all like all sorts of cons all over the country so she's she immediately buys tickets to go to the ones closest to her loses her mind over it so excited but the reason they're doing that is because the show isn't doing so well. And they're afraid that it might get canceled. So mm -hmm. the producers are kind of like, oh, my God, we need to mm -hmm. we need to do something. So Claire goes to the panel, watches them speak about the TV show. She kind of gets a wild hair and was like, you know what? I'm going to ask a question. She goes up there and it's two lead guys in the show. And how they kind of portray them is a little bit gay but not like mm -hmm. not quite crossing the line and so Claire goes up and asks a question like is there going to be a time when you guys have them be together as a couple mm -hmm. and Forrest completely laughs it off and it's like, like there's we're not gay they're not they're yeah. not gay characters I've not been playing it yeah a gay I, I'm not I'm not gay I'm not playing a gay guy like but it's someone's videoing it and it goes viral mm-hmm and so this is kind of the producers are trying to backtrack and fix it. And Claire's heart is broken because how can this guy that she's been in love with kind of just be such a dick? And it's all these teenagers that have been loving this show because they feel like they're being represented because it's a gay, uh, it's gay chemistry and all that and blah, blah, blah. So the producers end up saying that Claire has won the chance to go on tour with the cast to all these different oh, cons. Cool. And so it's just, 
it's just it's really cute it was a really quick read so much gay in there it was so Yay fun <laughs> and it was just it was really cute I thought it, I mean it was a great quick read and I really enjoyed it I gave it three stars I thought it was really cute but yeah that's uh that ship it by Britta London it was like it was super dramatic but mm-hmm. it was just what I needed I think I had read something super heavy and I was mm-hmm. just kind of not doing really well mm-hmm. and so like it was just what I needed to kind of get me back into reading mm-hmm. after I was kind of in a rut for a really long time so I thought it was really cute yay I think that your love of gay YA is pretty epic <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much <laughs> that was one thing that we talked about in the matchmaking episode that I did not suggest but I had backups for oh you did yeah um oh you'll have to tell me what they were then maybe I, will. I do maybe love I'll the gays <laughs> <laughs> we are gay friendly here. Yes, we are. <laughs> Rainbows everywhere. <laughs> um, the first book that I'm going to talk about is one that I, you know, I still don't know how I feel about it all the Ooh, way around. Okay. Um, and I've kind of bounced this off of you a little bit, but it's Becoming Mrs. Lewis. Oh, okay. And that's by Patty Callahan. And it's basically, it's a historical fiction. Um, she took the correspondences of these two people and filled in the gaps and made a story nice so it's about joy davidman and how she becomes the wife of c.s lewis and c.s lewis is the lion the witch and the wardrobe the chronicles of narnia um, for people who live under a rock (laughs) (laughs) but it's not like a typical love story okay so when the book first opens she's married to someone else and she has two kids, and her husband's cheating on her, and he's an alcoholic, and she's in her nursery of her son, and there's, like, a thunderstorm outside, and she's agnostic or atheist, and she doesn't know where her husband is, and she has this moment. And she goes on her knees, and she prays, God, please bring my hun- my husband home. And he comes home. And she, like, says she felt the presence of God at that moment. Mm. So she has this epiphany. She starts living as a Christian. And through this and her trying to work on her marriage with her husband, um, her husband's a writer and she's a writer. Someone tells her to write to C.S. Lewis because he had a same, like, epiphany experience about his religion. He used to be um, atheist and he had the same kind of thing. And so it's like maybe he can help you. So her and her husband start writing to C.S. Lewis together. Both of them? Ooh. Like, I mean, they wrote a joint letter. Interesting. And C.S. Lewis answers. And the husband doesn't really want, you know, he's not really into it or whatever. But Joy is definitely into it. So she starts a correspondence with C.S. Lewis. Mm. And they go on for, like, several years. Like, the book starts in the late 40s and goes through to the 50s. And they have this amazing, amazing friendship. And then Joy gets really sick, and her cousin comes to stay at their house through a series of events, and Joy decides that she's going to, she needs to take time off, the doctor says, or she's going to end up getting more sick. So she decides to go to England and hang out with C.L. Lewis, and she ends up falling in love with him at this point. Hmm. So she's still married. (laughs) Her husband's at home with their kids, and she hates her husband, and her husband hates her. They're in this loveless marriage. So she's over here. She's kind of fallen in love with C.S. Lewis, but she's not really letting herself. Mm. And then the husband's back home, and he ends up falling in love with the cousin. Oh, my. Yeah. So it's just kind of crazy, and it spirals from there. But Joy eventually divorces her husband 
and is trying to make the move permanently to England because she said she felt at home Mm -hmm. in England and in Oxford. And C.S. Lewis really likes her, but he's the Church of England, and so divorce is a no-no. Right. So she's a divorced woman, and so he's, like, not really sure what to do about it. And through this, that, and the other thing, she ends up getting – She's about to get deported, and so he marries her in a civil marriage to keep her there because, mm-hmm. like, it's her, his best friend. Like, he, he thinks of her as his muse almost. Like, sh- he writes better when she's there, and they're just better together. Mm-hmm. But they're both, like, he's, like, 17 years older than her. Oh, wow. And she's in her, thir- she's in her late 30s, early 40s at this point. And finally, 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 they're in love, and they're getting married. Oh, goodness. But they only get four years together. Oh, and then a tragedy occurs. And I don't know if this is a spoiler because this is two real people. This legitimately yeah. really happened. But she gets cancer and she dies. Well, that's awesome. Right. So my feelings on the book. I gave it three stars. I hated the beginning of this book. It took you a while it to get into it. It took me so long to get into it. But this, I guess the toxicity of Joy and her first husband's marriage was just, ugh, like, I I couldn't understand it. I couldn't fathom it. I couldn't understand wanting to stay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get that it's the 50s, and I get that it's, you right. know, you've become this religious person, so divorce is not something, like, she becomes Catholic, so divorce is not something she wants to do. Mm-hmm. But it's just, this marriage is killing the both of you. And it wasn't until she, basically, she falls in love with C.S. Lewis, and he falls in love back with her, that I really started to get into the book. So, like, mm. the last one-fourth of the book... Good lord. I enjoyed. The rest of it was really a struggle bus. Hmm. And... I can't believe you would give that three stars, then. I mean, just the way it ended, I really liked. Mm. Because they finally got this happy ever after. Not even though really. It, I mean, even though it didn't last, the love that they had at the end of it was really good. And C.S. Lewis ends up adopting her sons mm. so that the guy never gets them back because he's abusive. Oh, okay. And he's married to her cousin now. Sure. <laughs> and it's just... I, I don't know. There were really, really good parts of it. And there was really, really yucky parts of it. Mm. And I usually love a good historical fiction. I love, you know, I like the idea that he makes her a better writer and she makes him a better writer and all of that stuff. But it's just like, I don't know. Mm. I just don't. I don't know. I still struggle with this one. I don't know. Mm. I have a really hard time giving a book two stars, though. I have no issue Like, I feel like it's going to hurt the book's feelings somehow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of two stars, my next book was a two star. (laughs) I... I don't think that, I don't feel like me giving a bad review is going to hurt just because because it might not be my cup of tea, but a lot of times it's mm-hmm. yours. Right. Um, and vice versa. Like, sometimes you mm-hmm. might not like something, but I'll really like it. So, I mean, it's, what isn't for you might be very much someone else's mm-hmm. taste. Right. I was very intrigued to read this story. Yeah. It just kind of fell a little flat for me. Yeah. Um. I get that. But yeah. Um, my next book, I kind of feel the same way. So my next one's Spook, Science Tackles the Afterlife by Mary Roach. And that sounds like something that you would love. Yeah. It's super interesting. I love learning new stuff through reading. Like, it's just a fun way for me to learn crap that I never really learned. And to see science kind of talk about the afterlife was interesting because I've never really, never really dove in on into that mm-hmm. kind of thing. 
So it goes through and it starts with reincarnation. So she goes to India and she and a doctor there go to visit a little boy who says that he remembers his previous life. He was able to point out his his wife that he had before he died. Like he remembers all these things like even like intimate nicknames that he had for his wife. Like he remembers like this small child. And so they kind of do a deep dive into that and and how like sometimes they can tell that it's fake because sometimes a poor family will say that their child is a reincarnation of a rich family. So hopefully the rich family will give them gifts mm-hmm. and things like that. So that was interesting. But then it, it's a kind of a deep dive into Hinduism as well. right? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. They they really believe in it so much so that like when a family has a child that says that they're a reincarnation of another person, it's not even a big deal anymore. It's just like, oh, OK. Like, so it's not even, you know, it's, it's whatever to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas here, if a child said that in America, mm-hmm. I'd be like, what or are you doing? Basically the, the tenements of Hinduism is like, you're reincarnated until you get it right. So you keep being reincarnated. Oh. So it's not odd. And then eventually you can find nirvana by doing the right thing or saying the right thing or being at the right, you know, interesting. So you have to get your life correct. Otherwise you're going to keep getting reincarnated. And once you get it right, then you'll be able to achieve nirvana and go on to the afterlife. Interesting. I did not know that. See, this book did not teach that. Fun facts. Uh, <laughs> sorry uh, sorry for my super simplification of Hinduism, if I have any Hindu followers out there. That was just a <laughs> lowbrow kind of like... <laughs> for the for the dummy <laughs> over <Right>. here. <laughs> that was a very brief briefing of, of how that works. So after reincarnation, it goes to mediums and how they could they would speak to your dead loved ones and tell you what they were doing and all that but a lot of times it was so such vague information Mm -hmm. that it was never really something that you could actually Mm -hmm. prove was happening so scientists would have they would test all the mediums in the area and see the best one and then they would do scientific experiments with them like to the point where like like they would test like gross stuff like they would make the the medium put on undergarments and then test what if something came out of them during the experiment like super weird crazy stuff like stuff like this it was gross like stuff like back in the 20s and 30s and all of that that went on for a really long time and I started to get really bored with it yeah I know it took you a minute to finish this one I ended up not finishing it like I got I know. I never. And you gave two that. stars to something you did not finish. I got seventy five percent of the way through and was like falling asleep. Like I never get tired while reading. Mm-hmm. If anything, it keeps me up at night. Mm-hmm. But I was falling asleep. I got seventy five percent of the way through and I was like, you know what, I'm done. Like I'm not learning anything about the afterlife. Wow. And I, I was. I can't tell you the last time I did not finish a book. Like even the Miss Becoming Mrs. Lewis, I suffered through it because I wanted to get to the end of it i feel really bad because mary roach is this huge deal in the the non-fiction world mm-hmm. like she's written this she's written an awesome book about dead bodies <laughs> all right i don't think those <coughs> those phrases i don't think those phrases go together it's fine but okay. you know i like that um but no she's just written about very different topics in the scientific realm that it's just She's amazing. She does so much research, but she's super sarcastic. And mm-hmm. so, like, it's funny while you learn, and it's really neat. But mm-hmm. I got so bored. That's interesting. 
I know, and I was really excited about it. And, like, the reincarnation part was really cool, but then it, like, went on a deep dive. And, like, it would even get into, like, scientific notebooks from, like, the 20s through the 50s. And it was just, like, Uh, all the jargon and stuff. Oh, my God. I was, it was so much. Interesting. I don't remember the last time you also, maybe Red Clocks was the last time you didn't finish it. Probably, and that was almost a year ago. Yeah. So, yeah. And that was another one I powered through, even though I didn't care for it. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. It, the life is too short for me to read bad books. <laughs> um, that also brings up an interesting point, and it's something that my husband and I disagree on, is that the existence of ghosts. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You don't believe in ghosts? I, just do, I do not believe in ghosts. I definitely believe shit's out there because I have encountered it. Interesting. Oh, and, yeah. And my husband says the same thing. He says he's yeah. seen, like, I think three or four ghosts, and he can talk about it in detail or whatever, but it's just not something, I don't know, I guess maybe if I give into it then i'll be terrified everywhere <laughs> but it's just not something i'm inclined to believe and maybe that's because of religious upbringing yeah. or whatever i just don't i don't know yeah i was i mean i was raised super religious too but it's just as i've gotten older i've experienced a couple of things but then i've also just things that i've read and things that i've seen like mm-hmm. it's just there if it's not a ghost in the traditional sense of it mm-hmm. being like a soul of someone that's just kind of stuck here it is there's something mm-hmm. and it, sometimes it scares me i get that i'd be terrified <laughs> <laughs> my next book is in relation to my first because i had never read anything by c.s lewis um, well I, that's not true i read the magician's nephew which is the very first book it's the prequel to the um chronicles of narnia series yeah but i had never read the lion the witch in the wardrobe and it's talked about extensively in becoming mrs lewis because she talks about the fact that the like the lion brought them together and there's you know oh, there's different things like that and so i finally gave in and read this one and it's it's not a long read no um, they're really short and it was super cute and super clean um and i had seen the movie before mm-hmm. And I never really picked up, I guess, on, but I totally understood the religious metaphors when I was yeah. reading the book that I didn't quite, maybe I was younger and I wasn't paying enough attention to the movie, but mm. I, I definitely got it. Oh, are you kidding me? My youth group rented out a <laughs> theater. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's absolutely right there. Yeah. Um, but I never read it, so I, I gave it a shot so that I would know what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. So I kind of read them simultaneously. That's cool. Um, Did you like it? I did. I, I did. I thought it was really cute. I think I gave it four stars. I mean, I don't, if you people don't know the story of it, it's like basically the three or the four kids go through the wardrobe to a secret world. Oh, I always wanted to go to Narnia. Yeah. Edmund teams up with the White Witch. There's a battle. Things happen. Edmund sells out his family for Turkish, Turkish delight. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been so good candy. <laughs> read that tumblr thing though it's like <laughs> i tried turkish delight for the first time it was good but it wasn't sell my family out good <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i've seen that one but that's funny but it i mean i get that this book is set in the war times in, mm-hmm. in london so there was not much candy i guess but i don't think any candy would have been good enough to have sold your family out even if you were angry at them <laughs> well i think like my brother and i get along really well now but when mm-hmm. we were younger we kind of hated mm-hmm. each other so i guess like yeah my maybe. sister and i can't live together as as like grown people yeah <laughs> a week vacation and we're butting heads yes yeah. you know i think that's just siblings yeah. yeah we're just so different but not yeah <laughs> at the same time but yeah super cute um i definitely recommend it 
I mean, as an adult, I don't know. I think you should probably read this one as a kid or read mm-hmm. it to your kids. It's kind of like the if you read it when you were a mm-hmm. kid, you love it. But mm-hmm. if you missed out on that, like yeah. it doesn't have the nostalgia factor. Right. Yeah. And I don't feel the need to like keep hurry going. up and keep going. Like I'm just that. like, all right, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. I still, I read probably the, I think the Chronicles of Narnia, it's either six or seven books. Uh, I was thinking seven or eight, but yeah. I mean, oh, okay. It's irrelevant. Um, I've read, I think, four of them when mm-hmm. I was a kid, and I never finished them, and I've been meaning to. I just mm-hmm. haven't yet, because I would like to know how it all ends. Right. Um, but yeah, maybe I'll, I'll read them with you. They talk about, um, in Becoming Mrs. Lewis, the course of the series, and oh, so yeah? he's still writing it. Hmm. Um, when they get together and like he gives advanced copies to her sons Aww. and like it's yeah and so I I read that with the express purpose of knowing what they were talking about mm. in Becoming Mrs. Lewis in hopes that it would help that be a better book okay it did not <laughs> help <laughs> I mean I didn't like I didn't hate it I just it was just meh yeah that's so, okay um, but I did like The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe cool alright my next one is the one you told me to read yay <laughs> so I read uh, my first book that I said that I wanted to read was Flesh and Bone by Jeff- Jefferson Bass. I give it four star. Yay! <laughs> I'm so good. <laughs> you were so good. So just to kind of remind everyone. So this is uh, set in Chattanooga. Bill Brockton is uh, the guy that started fictionally started the body farm up at uh, UT Knoxville. The medical examiner in Chattanooga asks his for his assistance on a case. So they kind of work together trying to uh, replicate the crime scene to kind of see how long the body's been there and blah, blah, blah. And then through just a horrible chain of events, he finds himself suspect number one in a different murder. Oh, wow. And he he kind of goes through this inner turmoil because he's never been legitimately questioned on a case. He's only been asked to assist in a case, mm-hmm. and he finds himself telling a police officer, I will not ask any, I will not answer any more questions until I have a lawyer. And he just kind of goes through this, like, I've never been on, on, on a on negative side. side. Yeah. yeah, and it's just, oh, it's so cool. So it was really, really good. I loved it so much. I'm continuing the series. That was the second book in the series, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be reading the entire thing. But it was really cool because when he came to Chattanooga, he visited and mentioned all these places. Like he talked about the medical examiner. He went to her house to have dinner with her one night. She lived in Highland Park. He talked about like walking the river park when he had some time to kill. And he had to attend a service in a church downtown, and I knew exactly which one he was talking about. Like, he even went to the point where talking about where the Emmy's office was right off of Nicola. Like, it was just, it was really neat. So the reasons that I thought you'd like it, you liked it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought it was really cool. Like, it had the suspense, thriller, murder, mystery kind of thing. And it, like, there was a big twist that I didn't see coming that was really shocking. And it was just, it was. You didn't see a twist coming? No. That's pretty awesome. I did not. But it was like a devastating twist wow. like usually you can see those a mile yeah away, though. I always I always see the twist coming that's why I don't love thrillers as much because like it I doesn't kn- shock you yeah like I just there have been very few thrillers that I was like holy shit that thrilled me <laughs> <laughs> I am thrilled <laughs> so no like I, I really enjoyed it it was a really good pick for me Yay. I'm I'm very proud I'm so excited <laughs> I'm like all puffed up and happy over here <laughs> I thought that you would love it, like, for those reasons, because yeah. your dark side, <laughs> but also because it's 
it's real places and places yeah. that you know intimately. It was really cool. Oh, and the crime scene was it a place that I've even been before? So that was really cool. Now, in this, is the crime true or is it all made up? No, I think it's all fictional. Mm-hmm. Um, he does like I've <laughs> I want a, a real big deep dive on some true crime <laughs> after this. So now I'm back to reading about dead people. Okay. Um, but he said that like so, uh, Bill Bass and. Jefferson crap. I don't remember his name. His but name is not Jefferson crap. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but Bill Bass, who is the. I think li- it's John Jefferson. That sounds right. So Bill Bass, who is the actual person that started the body farm, teamed up with a fiction writer. And so they write this together. Okay. They say that they've taken um, things that he's worked on and kind of reused them mm-hmm. in a fictional sense. So it may very well be that he's worked a similar case Mm -hmm. um but he said for the most part a lot of it is just fictional Mm -hmm. um but he did have um in the book there was someone there was a fingerprint um um i don't know why i don't know english today uh expert (laughs) (laughs) this is the sign for expert um susie's fluent in in american sign language for the People listening. She I'm keeps saying, here. I know the sign for it. Well, I keep signing to her. This is a podcast. We're not on the TV. I'm it doesn't sorry. help anybody. So anyways, so in the book, there is a fingerprint expert named Art. There is a legitimate fingerprint expert in Knoxville that Bill Bass is actually very close friends with named Art that he oh, based cool. the character on. And so that was really neat. Yeah. Like I, when I say I did a deep dive, y'all. <laughs> I know everything about everything William Bass now. <laughs> like, oh, are we William? His, no. It's very serious, and my next book will <laughs> clue you in. Okay. Well, my next book that I'm going to talk about sent me over a cliff. <laughs> like, it literally guys, it took over my life, and I'm not even, like, I'm, I'm kind of ashamed about it, but then I'm also not, but I... Well, no, hang I, on. Before you say that... We're in the fourth month of this year. Tavia said that she wanted to read 60 books this year. How many have you read now? 31. (laughs) I've read 31 books. (laughs) So she is like past the 50% mark. And I'm over here dying because I've never seen you read this fast. Like we follow each other on Goodreads. And so she started the first book. And then a couple of days later was the third. And like now a couple of weeks later, she's on book 11. And I'm, I'm like, a, I'm, I'm on book 12. I'm oh. about to be finished with book 12. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I, eventually I started commenting on, <laughs> on every you update. Wrote, Good I'm like, Lord. <laughs> I was like, damn girl. <laughs> I, even the other series that I love, I don't think have taken over my life in quite the capacity that this has taken over my life. And let me just, these are not short books, guys. These are 600 page books. Yeah. And I'm going through them in a day. It's crazy. <laughs> I've never read like this, but it's not healthy. <laughs> like, I'm not getting enough sleep. <laughs> I'm reading at work. Things are not good, but I can't stop. <laughs> I literally can't stop. And like we are last week, our buddy read, I had to make myself stop and read it, even though I really wanted to. And I really loved it because I couldn't stop with this series. It's just pitiful. And there's like, I think there's this year, because it's not finished yet. <laughs> this um, April 2nd, the 17th book came out. And there's also no novellas or however you say that word, mm-hmm. novellas. 
kind of supplement and then there's a spinoff series and it's like I don't think anytime soon I'm getting my life back well what are you gonna do but when I, it's all over I die yeah hopefully okay. that this world comes and claims me I okay. can't I don't know how to go on and okay. I don't know how to stop and literally I'm reading way past when I should be asleep <laughs> I'm reading when I should be doing other things like I have my my book on my Kindle or on my phone almost all the time that's terrible it, like it it really is terrible but it's also really crazy because I've never yeah. been so obsessed like this. <laughs> hashtag book problems <laughs> right so Let's talk about the book. The first book, now, people may judge me for this, too. <laughs> this is a judgment-free zone. I don't <laughs> I don't think people are judgment-free on the internet. <laughs> judgment-free zone. <laughs> okay, so the, the book series is The Black Dagger Brotherhood, and the first book is Dark Lover, and it's by J.R. Ward, and these are on the, uh, what do we call it, the smut? Uh, Richter scale. Yeah, these are like pushing the boundaries of like hot damn. Oh my god, <laughs> holy cow! Please don't read this in front of your mom. Kind of smut, <laughs> but it's not all the time. But there's plot to it. There's there absolutely there's lots of wonderful, plot to it. But, but there's a lot of sex too. <laughs> Never a bad time. <laughs> no, it's not. And so this book kind of grabbed everything that I love about all my favorite series okay. and like mush them together. Okay. That's wonderful. So, in the story, there are the Black Dagger Brotherhood is a group of six elite warriors that are vampire warriors and they're defenders of the race. I love vampires. I love hot sexy warriors. Mm -hmm. So we're we're on a very good yes. path. So, <clears throat> the vampire race is just a different species. But the humans don't know they exist. So they're out there. But they also have enemies that are slayers. Then this universe, the slayers are um, carnations, uh, incarnations of the devil. So like, the devil's called the Omega, and he creates the slayers to kill the vampires. And they're like evil beings. They are soulless. Um, they don't have you know hearts anymore, whatever. And the scribe virgin is like the god figure, and she created the vampires. So mm. they're the good. And the Slayers are the bad. So okay. it's kind of a, a turnaround on that. Yeah. But each book kind of follows a different grouping. The first book is about Wrath and Beth. So all of the warriors have kind of, it, some people could call it silly names, but like it's Wrath and Vicious and Rage. And it's kind of corny, but once you get into it, you have to you have to get into it. Okay. But they're warrior names, so like, and okay. they've been around like for hundreds of years. So they're like three hundred years old or whatever. Okay. So, Beth's dad is one of the vampire warriors. Okay. And she doesn't know that he exists, but she's getting ready to come into her transition. So you, you could be not knowing you're a vampire until you're twenty five, and that's when you go through your transition. Oh. So she could not ever go into it, or she could and oh, become okay. a vampire but you don't really know but but darius is thinking that <laughs> and this is weird to, to explain to you, the only way that the vampires survive they don't feed on humans they feed on the opposite sex of their species so like men have to feed from women and women have to feed from men and that's where it kind of gets sexual <laughs> right <laughs> so she needs someone to help her through her transition and wrath is the only pure-blooded vampire left alive Hey, y'all! So, and he's, like, the head of the Black Dagger Brotherhood. Okay. 
And so Darius goes to him and asks him if he'll help him with his daughter's transition. And he's like, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. That's weird. Whatever. Yeah. Well, then Darius gets killed. Oh, oh, my. Yes. What a twist. Yes. And so now Wrath feels obligated to go and see Beth. And then the first time he looks at her, it's fireworks. Ah. And he, th- this is something they say in the book all the time, is mine. Like, Vampire. All right, Christian Grey. <laughs> but the vampires are very, they're bond, they bond. Um, so it's like their mate, and they're very yeah. animalistic with that, and very like, um, this is mine, I'm going to take care of it, mm-hmm. you know. And so they become, it's basically like soulmates, but it's epic, and it's amazing. So Beth doesn't just jump on board with this. She's like, um, nah, you're kind of creepy. <laughs> I don't I don't know what you're doing. I like it. Yeah, um, and she's really pretty cool. But th- this book is about them, and then each, it kind of goes through the warriors okay. and tells their story okay. in each of the different books. And then you don't ever, like, you don't leave people behind once you move to the next book. You still get more story, and it just keeps building on itself, and it's pretty amazing. That sounds really cool. And this world is just... Apparently, it's gigantic. S- it is gigantic, and it's super, super awesome, though. Mm. And there ends up being, like, you know, a king, and the brotherhood gets to, it grows, and there's more characters that come along, and there's characters that leave, and it's hearts and tears, and, but it's just, like, every single thing that I love. It's vampires, it's epic romance, it's the sci-fi world, Mm -hmm. and it just sucked me in, and it hasn't let me go yet. I don't see the problem. The only problem is that I need you're neglecting I'm neglecting other in my life <laughs> <laughs> I've literally been sucked into this rabbit hole and I, I don't want to come up for air <laughs> that's fine that's awesome though it really is and I mean how how I mean like how often does that happen though that like a series rarely. that like sucks you in like that so yeah right. like even the other series the Sarah J Mass that I love didn't do this to me <laughs> didn't make me incapable of functioning that's crazy yeah it, it, I loved it and I went through them really quickly but mm-hmm. I was not reading 600 pages a day that's crazy <laughs> um and now I want everyone to read it but I also can see that it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea sure um and the first book it was a little bit slow getting started it took me about three chapters three oh, four chapters that's still not horrible though I know but a lot of people if it doesn't grab you right away it's it's not going to get you. Um, but it was a little rocky getting started. But once you got in, and then especially into the end of the first book and the second book, I was I was done. Mm. My heart was lost forever. <laughs> that sounds really cool. <laughs> I I mean, I've heard about them for mm-hmm. years now. And I just, I haven't, I haven't picked it up. Because probably, one, because it's not a finished series. But also, two, like, there's just, I struggle choosing what to read next anyways. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, if that, I mean, I would do the exact same thing. I would read everything in, like, a week, and then I would die Mm -hmm. because, like, yeah, I just. Right. The next one's not set to come out till next year, and it's number 18, and it's, like, but there's so much to read Mm -hmm. that you're going to be busy for a while, except. And then you'll be done. Except that I've read this, the 12 that I've read, I've read in three weeks, guys. That's not healthy. That's, that's four a week. (laughs) How do you like that fast math? <laughs> Good job for you. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's it's been it's been a wild ride, but yeah. I don't plan on getting off the teacups anytime soon. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, speaking of dead people, 
we're gonna are we speaking <laughs> of dead people vampires <laughs> oh but they're not dead vampires they're just a different species in my world i was i was trying to segue oh, okay get on your segue so speaking of dead people my last book that I'm going to talk about is called Death's Acre. Inside the legendary forensic lab, the body farm where the dead do tell tales. Shocking. <laughs> and it was written by William Bass, Mr. Bill Bass. So this was essentially his memoir. So it talks about kind of growing up, his first kind of, um, the first time he deals with death, his father commits suicide when he was young. Wow. It goes into him going to college. Um, he served in the military during the draft. Uh, he went to college. He was uh, going into just regular anthropology. So he spent 14 summers digging up graves in on Native American land because there was a lake about to overtake burial grounds. And so they spent 14 summers digging up That's as many as they Oh, yeah. And so he says, um, just during those fourteen years, he's t he's dealt with thousands of bodies, and so he goes into that. And after dealing with that, he kind of moved towards more of the forensic anthropology realm, and it just kind of goes into like so. He graduates, he gets his doctorate, he mo he works at different colleges, and. Eventually, he starts working in Kentucky at a college there, and he really develops the forensic anthropology department, and they start getting really big. He's very well known in this industry now, but the other department heads at the college really struggle giving him the reins to kind of mm -hmm. be the hotshot of this college, mm -hmm. and so he ends up having to leave, mm -hmm. and he goes to UT where he... Um, where he now has buildings named after him. He's 91 this Is year. Is he really? Oh, my god. Yeah, goodness. I didn't know that he was that old. I, I, I honestly thought that the body farm was a recent thing. No. It was set up in the early 80s. Mm -hmm. I had no – I didn't even know about this place until a year or so ago. And so it blows my mind that they were doing something this big in the early 80s. So mm -hmm. when they first start out – He's he's trying to learn. Does he how. talk about how he decided to do the body farm? Yes, because <laughs> that's so, what I want to know. Where'd you yes. come up with this? So he starts working with the police and kind of helping them uh, identify bodies, how they died, things like that. Normal stuff that you see on like CSI or whatever. But he eventually comes to a crime where they're like, "But how do you how do you figure out?" how old this body is and he's like well the only thing I could do was like if I studied another body and uh, saw kind of how it decomposed and then I can match the mm -hmm. how how they decompose and then I can figure out how long the body had been dead so he's like hmm that's a good idea and so there are always John Doe's um, mostly homeless people that are are found dead and no one ever claims them mm -hmm. So he was able to get a body and he was going to see how, how it decomposed, but he didn't have a place to put it because the anthropology offices are right under Neyland Stadium in Knoxville. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been in there. And so he had bodies in the janitor's closet. No, he did not. <laughs> so the janitor went into the closet no. one day and found a dead person and <laughs> lost his mind. I bet. And, you know, the um, stadium, the building's underneath the stadium are some of the oldest on campus yeah. I, that's where i went to school was at ut knoxville there's some of the oldest on campus and they're creepy yeah so they're then creepy add, and old add hundreds of thousands of bones down there 
It's, I didn't know that that's what he did. That's so amazing. I've been down there. That's <laughs> funny. Can you take me there? Yeah, I mean, it's a public building. <laughs> Road trip. <laughs> take me today. <laughs> Probably not today. I want to see it. We can schedule this. Okay. No, but for reals. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, and so he started doing that, and then they were like, no, no. Mr. Mr. Bass, like that's <laughs> let's not leave bodies in in the building. So at one point, he <laughs> I can't even. I know that I'm poor janitor. Poor, you know what I'm thinking what? is the the Goonies <laughs> who chuck us into the freezer. <laughs> that's all I can see now. That's funny. So then at, a, at another point, he had a body in his trunk, and so okay. so eventually he's talking to his department head or someone high up in the in the university and he's like guys i need a place that i can do this because i like imagine trying to tell someone like i need to see bodies decompose but it's for science like imagine trying to explain to someone like this really needs to be done like this is huge work like they've made leaps and bounds of just such incredible knowledge that they've gained by doing this Mm -hmm. And so eventually the university figures out like, hey, we have an acre or two to spare out by the hospital. You can do that. And so they kind of build like this little tiny thing like shack on a a couple of acres out by the hospital and just lay bodies out there. But eventually, of course, people are out there working, happen to see dead bodies, freaking out. Naturally. (laughs) So eventually they've put up a big fence. They've got barbed wire up top because there's always crazy people like me. <laughs> True. And so True story. They, and then people find out about the body farm and they start picketing it because they think it's degrading and, and it makes them sick and blah, blah, mm. blah. And so like he has to deal with these crazy people. Mm-hmm. And he like no matter what he says, like he's like, th- we're not being sacrilegious or disrespectful. Like this right. is legitimate knowledge that needs to be learned. Science. Yeah. Science. Science. It just- <laughs> <laughs> and so eventually like he talks about like different, uh, different students, students that he has that move on to do great things. Uh, he talks about Emily Craig, who in our very first episode, I talk about her book being one of my oh, favorites. Yeah. She was one. He talks about her. And I was like, oh, my God, I know her. That's cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was I'm just so excited that you loved this so uh, much. I, I knew know. you would. Like, so, yeah, I just deep dive on him. And then, like, so just recently, like, last year, like, I was reading, like, Knoxville News articles. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> like, so just last year, um. UT Knoxville just announced that they were opening a, a brand new anthropology building and it's the Bill Bass anthropology building mm-hmm. and it's so cool and I watched a video of him giving a speech thanking them and he's so old and precious mm-hmm. and it's just also horrible his life has been rough like he was married to his his wife for 25 years and she ended up passing away mm-hmm. and so and he he finds a new lady Loves her, gets married with her. They have two years together, and she passes away. Oh, wow. So he's on wife number three now. And, like, it's just, like, this poor guy. So he even talks about how, like, what am I going to do with myself when I die? Like, do I Mm -hmm. want to be buried Mm -hmm. next to my wife? Do I want my body to go to science? Like, Mm -hmm. he's like, I honestly, I'm going to let my sons decide. Like. So I think I mentioned this on our matchmaking. I, was, I have a friend who you have to still, like submit an a- application. I have a, oh, yeah. a family member who has donated his body to the body farm. Yeah. I, I have looked up the application as well. Well, we guess we know what we're doing with you when you <laughs> die. No, actually, I want to be a tree. 
a tree. Mm-hmm. My husband's decided he wants to be made into like gunpowder and put in bullets and shot. Is that a legit thing or has it, he made no, this it up? No, it legitimately is a thing. I don't think he made it up. It's a legit thing. But it sounds just like him though. Of course it does. Yeah. Of course he wants to blow I up said, things. I said, the, the good news is that you're going to be dead and I get to do what I want. And then he's like, I'm going to haunt you. And then we're back to the ghost thing. Sure. It's all, it's full, full circle. <laughs> right. But no, I figured <laughs> I have killed so many trees with my book buying mm-hmm. that I should become a tree. I like that. Yeah. You know, you can be made into diamonds as well. Like you can somehow they can crush your bones and make you into a diamond. So a lady I work with said she was going to get diamond ring made for her kids when she passes, and they're going to have diamond like jewelry. <laughs> Could you imagine like somebody? This like, is oh, my mom. No. Like, oh, I love your earrings. Where'd you get them? Oh, oh it's my mom. mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't funny. know about all that. <laughs> There's lots of different ways. Oh, you there's can be really laid cool things now. that you can do now. Mm-hmm. I've also read extensively into that. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> no one. I sometimes I love like random topics that get people talking mm-hmm. and stuff. And but I'll bring up the weirdest things. Like one time I asked coworkers, like, "What do you want to be done with your body when you die?" And everyone's <laughs> like, "What? What? What?" <laughs> I'm like, "No, I've done extensive research. Let's discuss this." <laughs> That's so funny. Guys, I swear I'm not a creepy person. I'm um, I'm very happy. The evidence and, supports itself, ma'am. And, and loving <laughs> and a very warm, nice lady. <laughs> I do not have dead bodies in closets and all that. It, I'm I'm a good person. <laughs> and on that, that note, I think we're done here. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, Thanks for catching up with us, and we'll be back next week. Don't forget, the library sale is going on right now. You have a few more days left. It will go until May 14th, so go out shopping, get you some books, let us know what you get. Maybe we'll pick a book that you'd like to read as a buddy read. Absolutely. Drop us a line. Let us know if you'd like to read something. Go check out our website. Thanks, guys. Bye.